You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Let's dive into a brand new episode. Before we get started on this episode, here's a not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed here. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 25 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. Steve isn't, nor does he offer any legal advice. For any legal advice, you must speak with a lawyer. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for author Steve Worsley. You can also take Steve's courses on Udemy or Skillshare, and you can find out more about those at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, you're listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with myself, Steve Worsley. Today, we get my wife, Cassandra, again. So we appreciate you coming quite frequently, actually. I know. I've been back a lot lately. Yeah, it's uh, it makes it a lot better. And like I've always said, I think our listeners probably enjoy hearing more than just me. <laughs> so and you ask questions that I normally wouldn't ask. So today is Labor Day. So hope everybody has enjoyed their long weekend. But this is episode 223 and today's topic is our fall checklist. Absolutely. We usually do. So we were trying to do it before when we do the time change. But I decided to do it earlier because it seems to me, and I don't know, maybe it's just all in my head, but it seems like the time change keeps getting later and later in the year. Have you noticed that? Yeah, it feels that way. I mean, I I always tell, in being a coach and working with clients, I always tell them, look at September as your prep month for all the things you want to get done for the last three months of the year. Like everybody gets crazy October, November, December, you got 12 weeks to really get things done, use September to prep for the final push of the year. That makes a lot of sense. Because if we were waiting until the time change, I believe it's the end of October now, or first part of uh, November. So anyhow, we're going to start doing it earlier. And those that have listened to us for a long time know we always do a spring and fall checklist. Uh, We don't, unless you're in the email list, we don't provide an actual checklist, or do we? I don't think we actually provide a checklist, but that's a good reminder that we should. It should be an (laughs) opt-in that we create among the 50,000 other things that you've got to do in your business. Yeah. Yeah. As you guys all know, guys and gals, my wife uh, pushes me to do this digital stuff. And this summer's been, uh, we've we've been dealing with a mold job that's been uh, 
the gift that keeps on giving just like mold is. So, so yes, that, that should be an opt-in. So for you listeners, uh, I will try to get a actual checklist. That will be one of our email opt-ins. If you sign in or sign up for our email list. Yes. Correct. Correct. Okay. Well, when we do that, we'll have to remind them, uh, tell them how to go do that link and all that fun stuff. So that's a good idea. So when you think about checklists uh, for a home, what do you think about first? Uh, well, the first thing that comes to mind... Besides having me do it. <laughs> yes, exactly. You take care of all the things. Uh, besides that, I think about when am I actually going to create time on my calendar to complete the checklist? I mean, I think so many of us have to-do lists for everything. It's so easy to get lost in you know, 50 to-do lists for 50 different things. But when I think about a home checklist, first of all, I think that's going to take some hours. And second of all, I think, well, when exactly am I going to schedule the time to actually do it? Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, obviously I take care of that kind of stuff. But if you were one of my clients, I would say to you, you know, I understand we're all busy, but if you don't have the time to maintain your home, what are you going to do when you have a major mold infestation due to something that you could have picked up on this checklist? So, yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think, um, you know, sometimes... If you're renting as opposed to being a homeowner, you think you don't have a fall checklist, but you also, if you have a property management company, better make sure their fall checklist is actually happening. Well, and you know, we've been renters before and um, I don't typically recall the property management companies coming in and doing anything in the fall. Do you? Well, but- Besides- blown out sprinklers. That's what I was going to say. When we first met, I, I was renting and I didn't know that uh, they were supposed to come blow out the sprinklers. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So if you're, let's say you're a young woman who's in her 20s or 30s and you're renting and living by yourself for the first time, I'd hope you'd know Yeah, because some of those things I didn't, what you should expect yes. to be done between going from fall to winter. Well, speaking of the women, it's typically the women that reach out to me, the wives. It's typically women that listen to the podcast. I know there's men of you, many men that listen to it, so I'm not singling you guys out. But most most of the time, us men, we think we know it all, and and uh, if there's ever a problem, we'll fix it. So, but make sure. I guess our point is is make sure for these listeners, make sure you find time. And there's there's important things, whether you're a renter or a homeowner. You know, stuff like changing batteries out and your smoke detectors and CO detectors. That stuff's really important. And as most of you listeners know, if you've listened to our checklist, a lot of the stuff isn't really mold related. So, anyhow, we should probably jump into this checklist. So the first thing. And I kind of do this the way I would do an inspection. And what we do for inspections is we start up on the roof. And then we do the whole exterior. And then we work our way into crawl spaces and attics. And then into the more common areas. And the reason why is is because, you know, the property conditions on the exterior of the home are a pretty major indicator of what you're going to see inside. So if you're up on your roof and you're inspecting your roof, or if you're doing it from the ground, you can do it from the ground with binoculars. If you see missing shingles, let's just say over the master bedroom area, you want to pay special attention to the attic area below that and then below that, that master bedroom ceiling. So that's why I prefer to start with the exterior. To me, it just seems to flow a lot better. So, Are there any situations where you would uh, recommend that somebody either video record or take pictures when they're doing a fall checklist? I'm just thinking of somebody who just bought a brand new custom built home. 
Were there warranties or they got a new roof put on? Are there any situations where for a fall and spring checklist, you would suggest documentation? Yes. See, this is why I like having you on because those are things that I don't think about. Um, But for our listeners, that is great to have, you know, take pictures. And that way, you know, it's the fall of 2023. It's October, September, whenever you do it. And you can, like you said, let's just say it's a a newer home. The one year warranty is going to expire in a few months those pictures would be very beneficial to the roofing contractor or your general contractor so that they can see, oh, wow. So, you know, there's already delamination of the the shingles and they're brand new. Like that's a manufacturer's defect. So that would be a good idea, especially when we talk about settling cracks in the hard surfaces like concrete foundations, driveways, stuff like that. If you have pictures you know, you do one in the, the fall and you do one in the spring or whenever, every year you can look at that. And from a professional standpoint, I can look at it and go, okay, these cracks really aren't getting any bigger. Let's figure out why they're they're there, if they are getting bigger. And then, you know, you can address it from that. So that that's a great point to make sure you document. And I'm, I'm sure our listeners are like, well, yeah, Steve, if you would have this checklist, you know, so it is something I probably should get on. Um, but anyhow... You know, so we start with the roof. Uh, like you said, it's great to have documentation. We have phones these days that have a notes app right in them. I'm not sure. Can you save photos in those? Yes, you can save photos in Google Docs. So there's lots of ways you can. Um, Evernote is a great place where you can save okay. images and text. Okay. So for you listeners, the main concerns we have up on the roof, obviously, is shingles or whatever roofing materials you have, if it's uh, a metal roof, wood shakes, whatnot, make sure there are no missing shingles up on the roof. Um, Also check your gutters. It never hurts to, and I know it takes a lot more work, but drag a hose up there and put water in the gutters and make sure they're functioning properly. And then also make sure there's no debris up on the roofs. So the roof is obviously very important. It's your first line of defense for moisture intrusion and So that's what you want to be looking for is, you know, major defects, uh, check and see, you know, is the paint coming off your metal on your roof? A a good way to tell if your roof is starting to fail is after a rainstorm, you'll have these little granules on the sidewalk. And that's just part of the asphalt shingles. And what it's starting to do is they're starting to decompose. So if you notice those things after a rainstorm on your sidewalks or your driveway, that's a good indicator that your roof has maybe 10 years left. So once you're done with the roof, you want to walk around the exterior of the home. One of the most important things is what what's probably the most important thing you hear me talk about around a home. Grading and drainage. Exactly. And, you know, for our listeners, our standards as far as home inspectors and mold inspectors, for at least six feet, you have to have positive slope. Typically, it's 5% slope away from the structure itself. So um, ultimately, we want to get that water as far away from the foundation as we can. So walk around the perimeter of your home and make sure that the grading and drainage looks good. While you're doing that, look at your foundation and check your foundation for cracking. Now, Common curing and settling cracks are going to happen, but if the water does not run away from the home, that water will sit there. It's going to make its way into that crack, and from there, it's going to make its way into the home. So it's very important to check that. Now, if you have proper grading and drainage, typically a crack, 
and I'm not telling our listeners don't seal them up, but for the most part, if the water's running away from the building, you shouldn't have any problems with that. Okay. And it, you know, for a lot of people, they're like, well, I'm not sure what I'm looking at. I'm not a structural engineer. You're just looking for normal cracks. And a normal crack obviously runs vertically. If if it's running horizontally, that's that's a bad sign. So as long as it's running up and down and it's no larger than one eighth of an inch in width, which is for you listeners, that's like the end of a pencil. It's very small. As long as that's as, as large as it gets, that's fine. And Going back to your pictures idea, if you're taking pictures of it, and even if it's a 20-year-old home, but you just moved in this year, make sure you're keeping track and seeing if those cracks are getting bigger. And if they are, that tells us there's a grading issue or a moisture issue that's expanding that crack. Absolutely. Clear as mud? Yeah, clear as mud. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, around the exterior, you obviously want to be checking the siding, um, around the windows, make sure that the caulking around your windows is all intact. Uh, make sure you don't have any broken windows, holes in the siding, your AC unit. Uh, some people cover those in the winter time. You can cover that. Just make sure if you do, you're taking that cover off next year before you try to use it. Otherwise you're going to have some major issue issues. Um, as far as all of your, you know, lawn equipment, stuff like that, obviously people know it's probably time to make sure everything's stored. And then one important thing is you have to unhook those hose bibs from the house itself. If you leave, if you leave that hose attached all winter, and I'm sure some of our listeners have experienced it, it's going to freeze up and it's going to cause a major, major moisture intrusion event. Okay. So a lot of things, which is why it helps to have a checklist. Exactly. A lot of things on the outside. We're not even on the inside. Yep. Yeah, and it's, you know, once again, I, you, you can take, if you only want to take 20 minutes, you can make it a 20-minute checklist. If you want to take two hours, you can. A lot of this, you know, I guess for me, it's easier said than done. But for me, you know, you can be doing this while you're outside mowing or, you know, your spouse is doing whatever. Like, it, it wouldn't take that long. So, but anyhow, it's... uh. Like like I keep saying, I should get a checklist so that and I think we've talked about it, and I don't know why we haven't, but anyhow. Yeah. So once you guys are done with the outside, I typically would go either into the attic or the crawl space. And I know a lot of you listeners are probably like, what if I don't want to go in there? <laughs> That's usually what you ask. Um, you can hire somebody if you want to, if you don't like the fact that you're going in there, you can stand at the opening with your flashlight and look at everything. I mean, it's your attic and your crawl space are very important when it comes to indoor air quality. You know, you could have a a mold concern in your crawl space that's affecting you upstairs, but you never look in there because you don't like spiders. Yep. Or mice. Or, yeah, (laughs) snakes. Or any of that stuff. (laughs) Um, So anyhow... What you're going to be looking for in an attic is proper ventilation. Um, You want to look around with your flashlight, make sure there's no water stains, no discoloration, make sure the insulation looks good. Pretty easy, um, quick inspection. One of the important things up there in the attic is, and and it's the same in the crawl space, making sure that your flues for your exhaust fans are terminating outside of, of the attic or the crawl space. Whether that's a bathroom exhaust fan or your dryer vent, it's very important to make sure they terminate outside. That's something you want to look for either in the attic or the crawl space. Okay. We talked about 
uh, vermin and pests. That's something that's important in the crawl space and the attic. Um, mice can be very destructive to a home. And spiders, none of us like spiders. Mm -hmm. So, well, I don't know anybody that does, but anyhow. Well, and typically wouldn't you say that if, if, you're, if mice are going to end up being inside your home, they're probably first getting in through like a crawl space or an attic. Yep. Yeah, there's some sort of void, uh, whether it's a hole in the siding, a gap between your sill plate and your foundation. It, it could be any sort of defect. And, you know, I, I always tell this when I used to do inspections all the time. I always tell my clients, keep in mind that mice have collapsible rib cages. So literally their whole body can collapse and they could fit through a hole the size of a pencil. And wow. most people don't think about that. And... um you know, we when we're doing mold mitigation, we see a lot of problems that mice cause. And uh, it's because of their feces and their habitats and their nesting areas. It's just, it's crazy. Like we've seen wall cavities, you know, two feet from the floor level full of dog food where they literally just hoard <laughs> dog food for their habitat. It's kind of crazy. Wow. But... But they can be very destructive. Uh, we don't live, you know, you grew up in the in the east. You guys had more possums and stuff like that, didn't you, that could get into attics? Well, larger vermin? Also rats. That's, yeah, the larger rats, vermin would yeah. be the, the... And rats are worse. And I've out here in the west, I've, I can honestly say I don't think I've ever seen a rat. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. In New York City, in the subways, you see rats all the wow. time. Yeah. yeah. They're massive. Well, and I'm sure, you know, raccoons... Um, oh, yeah, they're mean. Yes. <laughs> Raccoons are very mean. But they can, you know, you'd be surprised, you know, uh, also like rabbits that can get into crawl spaces. Yeah, I used to like rabbits. I don't anymore. <laughs> yeah, for our listeners, uh, my wife thought that rabbits were really cool and good until they started chewing through her wiring on her new vehicle. So. <laughs> yeah, Bambi kind of confused me. I thought Rabbit's Thumper was our friend until that happened. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's something you need to watch for too. And that's something I didn't talk about with mice. Um, mice like to chew through wiring too. So, um, which that can pose obviously a fire hazard and, and things like that. So it's very important to check for any pests. Um, like I said, out here in the West, we don't have raccoons that are I've never seen them get up into attics and whatnot or possums yeah. or anything like that. But so. I also think out in the West or in more rural areas, people understand that there's a benefit to having cats mm -hmm. or wild cats or barn. What do you call it? Barn yeah, cats? Bar barn cats mm -hmm. because they keep the mice away Yep. or they eat them. Yep. Yeah. It's, you know, I'm not a big fan of cats inside of a house, but they are very helpful for, for outdoors. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I've had in the past barn cats, which, you know, they were kind of, um, my brother actually brought them up to me. He, he had trapped them, but they were like really wild. Like they, they, they were not domesticated at all. So, um, but they were very helpful for, for keeping the vermin and pests away. So anyhow, in the crawl space, another thing that is very important, make sure there's no standing water on the floor of that crawl space. If it's the fall and there's standing water, you probably have a major concern going on. In the spring, that's more likely to happen, but in the fall, that's that's not good. So um, check for any standing water, make sure your vapor barrier is intact. The inside, once we jump into the inside, the first thing that I think is really important, it's very important to have your furnace serviced. Most gas companies will 
you can hire them versus an HVAC company. It's probably cheaper to hire the gas company, but they typically have a service technician that does go around and services furnaces. So that technician will come in, they'll, you know, pretty much inspect the furnace. They know more about what they're looking at than I do, Um, but they're going to make sure everything's clean, make sure everything's operational. And if there's, you know, any repairs that need to be done, typically they can do it. And, you know, last time that I had it done, and this has been years ago, it was less than $200. So it's well worth having a professional come in and look at your furnace and service it. Um, Something that you should be doing more routinely than the spring and the fall is obviously changing out your air filters. So that's another important thing inside the house. Another important thing is changing all the batteries in your smoke and CO detectors. It doesn't hurt to obviously test those. They should be in every bedroom and then the hallways adjacent to them. Even if you don't change the batteries out, at least test them. Also, speaking of stuff like fire detectors, it's always a good idea if you have fire extinguishers in the home to check those and make sure that they're operational. Not meaning you test them. There's a little dial on them that'll show if it's good or not good. And then also go over the fire escape plan for all the occupants of the home. You know, if you have younger kids, they need to know, hey, if there's a fire and I can't get out of my bedroom, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Makes sense. That does make sense. And so, you know, as far as the the checklist inside the home, it's similar as far as cracking. Check the sheetrock for cracking. Um, make sure there's nothing abnormal. Check for water stains. Check the problematic areas like your mechanical rooms. Uh, check behind your water heater. Check all those areas below your sinks for moisture or moisture stains. Okay. And then what about mold testing? So yes, you should have your home tested every other year for mold uh, sooner if that's what you need, meaning if you had a moisture intrusion event or something like that. I know I covered a lot. We kind of did a lot more on the exterior, but that's fine. We'll, We'll create, for you listeners, we'll create a checklist and I will just probably announce it when we do it in a podcast. Absolutely. How long do you think it takes overall if somebody's doing this fall checklist well? How many hours? I could say you do it in an hour, hour and a half. Okay. I don't think it would take that long. You know, you could be listening to one of our other podcast episodes while you're doing it. You know, you put some headphones on or whatever. So it's very important to take care of this um, just to maintain your home. So that's really good. So what's your call to action for people? uh, Take within the next couple of weeks. If you don't have an hour and a half, take 10 minutes this weekend or 20 minutes this weekend and 20 minutes next weekend. Spread it out over a few weeks if you have to do that. But take the time, set aside the time to take care of this. There you go. So also for all you listeners, I'm sure you know we do uh, consultations. We can do a 90-minute consultation. We do consultations for uh, a VPA, which is kind of an inspection. Uh, We do consultations if you're having mitigation done, just so you have a third party that's overlooking things, writing protocols. Um, So go to our website, cnccontractorservices.com. You can book one of those consultations online. And once again, this is episode 223. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here, Sandra. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you go to our website at cnccontractorservices.com and sign up for the mold investigation checklist. Again, go to cnccontractorservices.com and get your free mold investigation checklist today. You can also on cnccontractorservices.com find out more about Steve's courses and books and consultations. Once again, go to cnccontractorservices.com.